Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, want to tell you about Heather Taylor and her team at Impact Commercial Real Estate. Finding the right location for your business is really important, whether you're buying whether you're leasing or if you just need to sell, uh, her team has over 50 years of experience. They're hands-on. They think out of the box as well. And that's the type of real estate team that you want to work with. You know, not every real estate deal is going to go through, but when you have a creative team, much better chance of it going through. Go to impactcommercial.co. That's impactcommercial.co. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have nearly 155 star reviews? No one has better service and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. All right, let's go out to the hotline. We're going to bring in our friend Terry Fry. He covers the Avalanche for Colorado Hockey Now, Mile High Sports Magazine. He also covered the Avalanche for the Denver Post and was a national hockey writer for ESPN. How are you, Terry? Thanks for having me. Danny has assured me that both of you guys are in a good mood, and when I hang up, I'll be in a brighter mood than, than I am right now. Well, as long as you didn't say to me just now, I'm going to hang up and listen, I feel like I'm in a good mood already. <laughs> long, time, long time caller, first time listener. Exactly. Uh, let's talk about your former employer, ESPN. They did their predictions for the upcoming season. They asked all of their experts. I'm guessing back in the day when you worked there, you were one of those experts that you know picked who was going to win what awards, who was going to win the Stanley Cup. According to all of their experts, the Avs are going to win the Stanley Cup. McKinnon is going to win the Hart Trophy, and Makar is going to win the Norris. Do you agree with any of them, all of them? Where do you stand? I had picked the Avalanche the last two years in a row to win it, last yeah. two seasons in a row to win it, and that didn't work. So this time, uh, I, and I honestly believe this, this is, this is not a uh, attempt for clickbait or anything. I, right now, I don't think they're as good as they were last year. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't and they're going to they're gonna have to prove it to me. You know, but, but the funny thing about hockey is, that, that isn't saying they can't win the Stanley Cup no. because we saw a lot of people forget when the Avalanche won the first Stanley Cup in 1996, they were not the best team in the league. Detroit was by far. And then the next year, the Avalanche were the best team in the league, and the Red Wings won the Stanley Cup. So it isn't necessarily who's the best team, and it shouldn't be necessarily the best team because, as we know, the hockey playoffs are the premier test of resiliency of mental and physical resiliency and so it doesn't necessarily uh, involve the same the same factors that go into a regular season record but right now i don't think they're going to win the stanley cup and i i don't say that to be theatrical or anything else and I, and honestly the odds are uh, if you say pick any even the even the uh, heavy favorite is is not a lot to win the stanley cup ever so I, for me to say the Avalanche won't win the Stanley Cup is not really going out on a limb, either mathematically or realistically. Now, I do. I think uh, 
I, I was a longtime voter in the NHL awards, and I did make predictions as ESPN's hockey columnist for eight years that uh, I know the way the awards works. I think some of the dynamic here is that there's a feeling that maybe Nathan McKinnon, it'll almost be a body of work, a multi-season body of work, because he should have won the heart two years ago, yep. two seasons ago, two seasons ago, the last full season. He should have won the heart, and he didn't. And uh, I, I almost think if he wins, it will be a body of work mentality, kind of his turn among those elite five, maybe five cream of the crop players in the NHL. It'll almost be his turn. Now, Kale McCarr, I think I get made fun of because I'm the only one who's very, very concerned about him being paired with Samuel Girard. I think it, it, in some cases, Samuel Girard is so small and so freewheeling that it uh, will it will take some of the improvisation and impromptu nature out of Kale McCarr's game. And so, I, obviously, if it does that much, they will make some they will make some changes in the defensive pairings. But I think that's the one asterisk. But boy, you talk about the first two years of the career, and I touched on it in the Mile High Magazine profile. How's this for a segue? In the Mile High Magazine, Mile High Sports Magazine that comes out on Monday, I have a very extensive profile of Kale McCarr, and I think there'll be a lot of things in there you didn't know and you'll appreciate and you'll you'll, uh, find very, very interesting. But I think that's when you win the Calder your first year and, and be a Norris finalist the second year of the tra- trajectory, obviously, is, uh, is upward. And uh, so I do think he has a chance to win the Norris. And the thing about that is a lot of times Norris winners were judged by offensive numbers. We've gotten past that. We understand that the best defensemen now are the guys who eat up minutes and also can contribute offensively. And K.L. McCarr now has become probably the best hybrid-type defenseman in the league, and that's his strength. That's how he can win the Norris. It's kind of an appreciation for his all-around body of work. And so, yeah, I think he can win the Norris. So you talk about McCarr being a contender for the Norris Trophy. Of course, we know what Nathan McKinnon is. So what is this? what does this Avs team need to win a Stanley Cup that maybe it does not possess at this moment? Well, number one, number two, and number three on that list are a proven long-term, number one, playoff, stand-on-his-head, steal games type goalie. I mean, they're, that, that is the preeminent quality you need to have in, the, in a playoff run, and Darcy Kemper has not played more than 51 games in his career, and he's, he's only played 35 or more that one time. And I, I'm not skeptical about Darcy Kemper. I'm just not, I just haven't been shown he's capable of that, of being that playoff, he played a great game against the Avalanche a couple seasons ago. I think it was 49 saves. Uh, so he, he he's capable of it in that one-time shot, but we'll find out if he's capable of being that steal, that larcenous goaltender that gets into other teams' heads, particularly in the playoffs, and ends up uh, being an integral part of lifting the cup over the head. I think that's number one, two, and three. Uh, number four is forward depth. I think they've... Yeah. they've They've lost some names there, and they have, I'm not convinced yet they're going to be able to fill in for them. And those are the those are the, the major issues in my mind. We're talking with Terry Fry, covers the Avalanche for Colorado Hockey Now. Mile hey, high. By sports. the way, yes. Did, uh, did Mace? Did I thought it was? Did I see uh, Vic Fangio wearing a Gabe Landeskog jersey today? You did, and I uh, was obviously Terry. supporting the local team, but. 
Yeah, he. I'm not sure that he knew who Gabe Landeskog was. Well, I thought it was kind of a cheap shot, though, when you asked him questions in Swedish and expected him to understand them. <laughs> T- Terry, I'm I'm very disappointed in you. This might be the last time you ever come on the show. You know why? You know why? why? What What was Fangio wearing? What did was I he wearing? What was he saying? Well, go ahead. An avalanche jersey. Oh, you're me sweater. Thank you. How long have you covered hockey? <laughs> now, you're not required to say organization because you're covered, not from Canada. I have covered the I have covered the National Hockey League since 1977. Mm-hmm. I know. And you almost just lost I, your card well, I, I for calling called, it a jersey. Well, I thought I, I thought you were going to tell me I called in the Rockies because I did cover the Rockies for five seasons. Right. When they were an NHL team without any, without any without a bullpen either. And so I thought that's what I said. And I, I thought I slipped and called them Rockies, and uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't. Well, you know, NHL shop, by the way, but says jerseys, jerseys rather than sweaters, so you're off yeah. the hook. All right, yeah. so I want to go back to something that you brought up. I'm not asking you to give away all the groceries, but you said that you, and I knew this anyway, I know that you wrote a profile on Kale McCarr. You said it's in-depth, and we will learn a lot of things about him that probably many of us didn't know. Give us a few things. Tease us. What are we going to find out from this article? Well, the most interesting thing is Tyson Jones did the same thing, but it, 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 he took the rare path of turning his back on, ma- on major junior hockey, and his family was so perceptive about understanding that he needed to mature, he needed to get bigger, he needed to get stronger, and that he was very, 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 very young. He turned his back on major junior hockey, which is the primary feeder still for the NH- for NHL organizations. For, for, and professional hockey, he played junior tier two junior A hockey in Canada, uh, in with uh, the Brooks Bandits, and and did not play major junior hockey. Stayed out of it on purpose so he could be eligible to play NCAA hockey. Practice a lot more, uh, get better that way. And he went to a very downtrodden NCAA program, UMass, at the time, and now it's one of the better programs in the country because. He, he committed at age 15 to go from Calgary to UMass. I mean, that's that's a pretty staggering uh, cultural adjustment for him. And he went to UMass, made that program what it is today, and I'm not being facetious. I mean, it's a terrific program now. And so that's that's part of it. The kind of the, the, the very perceptive path his family and he took to uh, avoid major junior hockey and its pseudo-NHL rules and schedules and play NCAA hockey. You know, I, I realize we're used to a lot of players coming from NCAA hockey to the uh, NHL, coming through all of the United States Hockey League, for example. But this is a case of a, of a Canadian in a city with a major junior team, the Calgary Hitman. Uh, he he, he uh, was drafted in the Bantam draft by the Medicine Hat Tigers, and he turned his back on it. And there was just a lot of... Yeah, as you read it, you'll realize it was a very, very perceptive path mapped out by his, by himself and his family, and they were realistic about what he could could do at a very young age, and didn't want to throw him in too too fast, too deep, and he turned out being the fourth pick in the NHL draft. This is a completely esoteric question, but I've been asked this by a couple of people, and so I'm just going to ask you: Why are the numbers on the white jersey slash sweaters. Why are they blue now rather than uh, black? Because <laughs> they called in fashion designer Reg Dunlop, and he said that that's the way it should be. Uh, well, one thing before we go, 
and, and I want to be very clear about this. I am not suggesting, I'm not suggesting that Jared Bednar's job should be on the line. He's very popular in that well, locker room. Why not? Why not? This is hockey. They treat coaches with all the respect under- of disposable razors. No, no, I, I, under- I understand that. But Jared Bednar, I think, for the most part, has done a very good job. However, when you look at the talent on this team, and you look at, and I'm not going to call it like it is, the playoff failures. Now, they've had a lot of injuries, too. If the Avalanche don't get past the second round again, I'm not suggesting he should be let go. But is it fair to say, is Jared Bednar the right guy to get this team to the next level? Well, I think you'd have to judge by the circumstances at the time how that comes about, uh, whether there are extenuating circumstances at all. I have little respect for hockey's tendency to make coaches the scapegoat when it's uh, so much obviously going to be part of organizational failures. There's no question, absolutely no question. Uh, and I talked to Joe Sackick about this last year when I did a Mile High Sports Magazine Q&A with him, and it was, it was such a relaxed conversation. Uh, we should have been smoking cigars and sipping scotch. And Joe talked, I asked Joe about whether during his playing days, whether there's a feeling they, they should have won more cups than they did. Uh, you know, we're honoring Pierre Lacroix on Saturday night for being the architect of the franchise, the late Pierre Lacroix. And Pierre always felt like they should have won more Stanley Cups, the Stanley Cup more, more often than they did. Right. And more plentiful, uh, m- multiple times. And, so I asked Joe about that, and he said, yeah, we left. There's definitely a feeling we left a couple on the table. I think they left the one on the table last season. There's no, no, no doubt in my mind. Now, if it gets to the point at the end of the year where Joe Sackett can look back and say, I, I was thinking of Bob Hartley was, was a coach kind of during that stretch of leading him on the table. And uh, Pierre surprised everybody by firing Bob Hartley early in the year. But that was definitely a case of, Pierre thinking that they weren't going to win a consecutive division championship and, and set an NHL record, and also the, the feeling that it was starting to slip away again. And uh, that would be Joe Sackick. The only reason I, the only way I could see Joe Sackick firing Jared Bednar with, with a decent record, because I, I don't see them any worse than having a decent record, would be saying, would be saying we've just we've left a couple of cups on the table. That's not acceptable as the precedents in this organization. And after a few years, it's time for a change. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not rooting for it to happen. I don't think it will happen, and I don't think it should happen. But that would be the hockey mentality that could enter into it. And you guys have seen Joe Sackett has been very, very patient as a yep. as the chief mm-hmm. executive of the hockey organization on on every level, whether it's uh, whether it's evaluating players and putting together a team. And, and riding through that 48-point season in 2017, which was the worst, worst bang for the buck history season in the history of hockey, because they were just historically inept while scraping the top of the salary cap, which was very, very, very hard to do. But Joe didn't panic and fire Jared Bednar after his first year. There were also, and I think a lot of people forget this, there have been a kind of bumps in the road since where conventional hockey thinking, like the Vegas. Golden Knights have changed coaches, I think, seven times or something like that. I'm kidding. It's not that bad. But uh, we've, we've seen teams fire coaches and win the Stanley Cup. And that's just, a, that's just the hockey mentality. I don't think Joe is susceptible to it, despite being a lifer hockey guy, and I don't think it's going to enter into it. But that would be the philosophy and the, uh, the hockey mentality that could, uh, that could make it happen. 
Terry, thanks so much for your time. Enjoy the game tonight, and we will catch up with you soon. Terry Fry, by the way, check out his website, terryfry.com. Is that correct? Yes, T-E-R-R-Y-F-R-E-I.com. And you can buy many, many leather-bound books. Thanks, Terry. Thank you. I enjoyed it. See you, man. All right, coming up after the break, CBS Sports came out with a list of three coaches around the hot seat. Is Fangio on that list? Should he be on that list? That's next. Tell your children... 